Hi, this is uh, Stephen. And John. And uh, we are actually live, in person, sitting next to each other. Uh, John decided to come into town for uh, Thanksgiving break, I guess. He took a couple weeks off of his job and decided to travel around the U.S. So he's in Denver right now. And we decided that we would do this in person. Finally. Yeah. We've been talking about it for now. Yeah, so long. it's been a while. John's been staring dreamily in my eyes in real life. Yes. I can creep you out in person. <laughs> um, so, the interesting, we're, we're not drinking anything, so we really don't even have to cover that part of it. Yeah, I'm drinking water. Yeah, I'm drinking water too, so yeah. um, that's sad. It's better. But I was drinking earlier. What, what were you drinking earlier, John? Where did we go? I don't know. Was that Mary Jones? What Oh, family, Mary Jones, family, <laughs> family Jones Spirit House makes their own stuff. Yeah, makes their own distillery, uh, makes their own spirits. So I had a cocktail there, and then so, I had martini at a bar, like a hotel bar. All right. Yeah. So nothing too special. No. You're uh, you're uh, you you. Would you say, though, because you're a big fan of the Roots of Ruin Gin, would you say that the gin at Family Jones was better or worse? It's di- different. different. Gin, gins are different. They're flavored different. That, that Roots of Ruin works really well for a dirty martini. The one there, I couldn't really tell or not, because that was a, f- like a sweet drink that I was having there. I couldn't really tell. Yeah, I had the non-alcoholic version, and that was pretty frou-frou, so that wasn't anything like... You know, more frou frou than that first virgin drink you had there. Yeah, actually, it was this, less. It was less frou frou. The one with the sprig the of spr- rosemary. The sprig of rosemary, and then the uh, uh, egg white. It was basically just fruit juice topped with egg white. Is, is essentially what I got. I don't even know the name of it. Um, yeah, so that's. I mean, I've, I've determined that all non-alcoholic drinks are essentially just fruit juice mixed together. It's all it is. It's just go to Jamba Juice, and there you go. You got a mocktail right there. Yeah. So, uh, nothing special, nothing crazy. So, um, all right. So this evening we're going to talk, John is still busy with chapter one. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We don't want to leave you guys hanging. Um, I never noticed how loud you are. Yeah. I'm pretty loud when it comes to this. So very loud. Are are you, you get to deal with me in person now. (laughs) It's, it's radio voice. No idea across the country. Yet you were just booming into the mic. I know it's radio voice, man. You know, they got to hear me. It's called enunciating. Um, anyway, so yeah, so we've got uh, that. Uh, we'll talk Ghostbusters Afterlife because John, John saw it before I did, but John and I did go see that last night together. And uh, maybe we'll talk to him too if we got some time. It was a date. It was a date, I guess. I paid for the ticket. So yeah, it was a date. <laughs> Still not going to marry you, John. <laughs> All right, um, so, well, first of all, some house cleaning, um, housekeeping, house cleaning, whatever we got. So, John has taken an active participation in a company? Oh, yes. Uh, well, kind of. They came out of nowhere when I decided to do this uh, fitness thing. I was going to spend a year getting in the best shape of my life, and then they just reached out to me out of nowhere, and there's some up-and-coming company, clothing fitness clothing company out of LA called Spartan Wear Active 
And they said, hey, put this code on your profile, and if anybody buys from you, we'll give you money. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> and so I wear their shirts and stuff when I work out. It works for me or whatever. So if anyone's interested in some active fitness wear, SpartanWearActive.com slash discount slash John 12-month project, and you will get 20% off your purchase. There you go. And I'll get paid. <laughs> at the end of the day that's what we really want really want we, we all want to just get paid yeah. um, the other thing too is we're going to be opening up a Patreon here pretty soon um, for our loyal subscribers in Germany uh, we know that you guys are itching to give us more money yeah. uh, or give us money um, so this hopefully will also spur John to uh, write faster uh, because the only way we would collect money from a Patreon or from what was the other one? What was the other company? Subscribestar. Subscribestar. The only way that we would collect money is if we're doing our job and that is releasing content to you guys. So. I've noticed that's how Patreon works. Exactly. Yeah, you're not getting paid unless you're giving people stuff every month. So, <clears throat> so we have to do it. Um, so if there's one way to motivate John, hopefully maybe it's money. Um, all right. So let's let's talk chapter one then. So you, forks too. Pitchforks, <laughs> pitchforks, yeah, uh, that worked for uh, 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 Frankenstein's monster. I don't know if it works for you, but we'll, maybe. So, um, all right. So, what do you? What is, so? How's chapter one go? What do you? What are you been doing? I think I'm mostly done with it. It's not going to be as long as the prologue, but I'm, I th- uh, I'm wrapping it up here. I'm, okay. I'm do you want to tell us a bit about it? Though? Yeah. Well, did you read it? No, I didn't read it. Okay. I'm not reading it until it's posted. I'm, 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 you know what, I'm going with whatever the rest of this, this, the, the group is. I'm in suspense, so let's talk about chapter one. What, uh, what, right. why is it taking you so long for one? What, what's been the uh, deal? I've been sidetracked with a lot of stuff. Um, okay. Um, so know, getting your body in shape is not an excuse, you know. Staying motivated has always been tricky. There's nothing, but I was a little perplexed as to how I was going to proceed, but that's pretty much past now. I have a. I have a vision going forward that helps. Um, really, it was just me getting sidetracked. That's really the main reason. I, I did have some writer's block there at a, at a point, but this is... It, that's past, and now I at least know how I'm going to finish it. Um, so what, what was writer's block like? What, what, what did you have to deal with writer's block and kind of t- talk about that a little bit? What do you mean? I, I don't know if I necessarily... Especially because I've never written for pay before. So I don't know if I've ever actually had to deal with real writer's block, but I would. There would be times where I would motivate myself to sit down and write, and end up not doing it and get sidetracked, or you know, oh, this isn't flowing. That's basically kind of it flows. Um, and other authors have talked about before how. Sometimes it's almost like you're not even the one writing it. It's just like coming through you. Like you don't really know. You yourself don't really know how the story's being shaped. You're just the medium for it. Yeah. I don't want to get all metaphysical about it. but (laughs) It's like uh, Stephen King kind of, I think the Dark Tower kind of like alluded to that idea. But at least he would write other stuff when he wasn't writing the Dark Tower. But it was almost kind of like that. It was like. I, I don't see the way forward. Like the story's not coming. That that would that was a way to put it. But anyway, so I've 
decided now the order I want to shape events, and since we last discussed this, I'm trying to remember where we were. I have now, so I'm actually introducing that protagonist, because he was a baby in the, the prologue. Okay. Young student, he's in the lessons of the, the children that are in this village too young to work. Basically, they go through like three or four years of the elder women of the village teaching them everything the village people need to know. And he's involved in that. And I've introduced his antagonist in this part. Um, so in my prologue, there was that family that lived sort of on the edge of town. Mm-hmm. And he was the largest family. And that man, the, rent, the, the patriarch of that family, was the best friend of the chieftain. And like, if there was such a title, he's kind of the second command of the village just by clout. Even not formally. You met his oldest son in that prologue. His youngest son is essentially the protagonist bully in school. He's a year older. And then I introduced the chieftain's twins. I named them Caro and Leah. Leah? Leah? Leah. L-I-A. Okay. And I, I said this once before. All my names could change in any minute. They're almost placeholders. Okay. Until something better comes out. Because I literally just make names up. I don't, like, especially when I'm doing this, like, fictitious world, village, and I don't, people aren't going to be named James and Paul and Catherine. I'm so trying to think of, like, tribal names, if you will. Okay. Um, so. so but, so, at any point, I could decide, well, maybe this name will work better, and then I'll just, I would just replace it. Because I, I, I literally just make names up on the fly. Um, and so they've kind of, they have not had a formal interaction, but they've had a, like a quiet from across the lesson space where they've just, they've made eye contact and they look at each other. And so he's now, he's developing the relationship with the twins. One of friendship with the brother and a puppy love sort of romance with the, with the sister. Okay. And from there, now I've gone back to where I'm going to introduce now what's going on with his mother. And that's where I left off. She's explaining now that that rock outcropping that she had chosen for their place to live that's outside the village, she chose that for a reason. And the reason why there's basically a hollow space there. And she's filled it with a library. In chapter one, I've described that not only does he learn a bunch of stuff, or what he learns in the the class, but when he goes home at night, she basically gives him a whole other bunch of lessons, and she teaches him all this stuff, and she's sworn him to secrecy, that he keeps everything he learns to himself. And I've, he's, she's now gotten to the point, she's decided to reveal the truth to him. So he's right about seven years old here. And he's going to be shown the space, the secret room. And that's where I've left off. And the secret room to you is what, exactly? A library, essentially. A library. That's okay. where all her... She's, she admitted she's been here before. And actually, she's been here several times. Okay. Never went to the village. Never introduced, Nobody ever knew she was there. But she was preparing this place for him. Why him specifically? What's the point of this? Because he's special. Okay. That's kind of what the story's about. But we haven't, you haven't crossed the threshold of like what that means exactly yet, have you? Like, nope. 
Okay. So you're still working through that situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how far into the story do you start to like kind of go through that, discuss that? A lot of that might not even really happen in book one, at least maybe not till the end. Okay. Book one being the first book book? Yes. Or, okay. Yes. First so. book book. Uh, kind of my cliffhanger ending, which we've discussed it. Disgusted. Which we've discussed. <laughs> uh, this whole book is disgusting, John. And, and and how I said, I I myself find that, that ending a cop-out. But I just can't think of a better way. It really just works that way. So I wouldn't want to have it done without the second one right behind it kind of thing. So people wouldn't be pissed off at the idea of it. So what you're saying is not pulling a Patrick Roth Roth of or whatever or... well I'm just because my ending is, is this isn't going to be the case but the ending of the book is going to could be interpreted as it was all a dream and that is that is a I will be the first to admit that is a bullshit cop out cliffhanger ending it was all a dream Ooh. but that's not really so you're gonna pull going to pull Bob Newhart on these people yeah yeah that would, that would be shitty actually I would be pissed yeah we would end this whole podcast over that right now. Like, I, I want you to know that. You know, it's a, like, book two is going to be in the normal world. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Like, I remember you saying that, like, book two, normal world, he's, and then there's this idea that he's the only one who can travel between worlds. And he's not the only one. Okay, but, well, not the only one, but he can travel between these two worlds, right? So, mm-hmm. And book two will reveal more of what that's supposed to be. And book two will get into with, is it a dream? Okay. And if it's a dream, does that still mean it's any less real? Yeah. Those are my big philosophical questions or whatever I'm getting. I want to get in with this story where it kind of becomes sci-fi fantasy together, not just one or the other. Okay, cool. (coughs) So I am... I'm going to say 85, 90% done with chapter one, and then it'll be out. So so you think that you have I could probably knock like it about out. another 10% due. Mm-hmm. So like, how long do you think it's going to take you? I could probably knock that out tomorrow. Tomorrow? Damn. All right, guys. So tomorrow, there may be like four fresh episodes. Mm-hmm. Well, by the time that, okay, this posts, <laughs> there will be a new episode and da 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 a chapter one. A chapter one. So you guys could listen to us and read at the same time. How long do you think it's going to take chapter two? Hopefully fast. I, what if the questions I had to answer of what I wanted to do with this going forward, they're mostly done out of my way. So now I already know the shape I want chapter two to take. Okay. And I may not know exactly how I want it to go forward from there, but I, I have my broad strokes. Okay. I'm thinking, because this is part one of the book, I am thinking it's probably going to be five chapters. So. part oh, Okay, so this so part one of this, book one is five this, chapters. That's my rough outline. Like, this <clears throat> then, part in the village, before he leaves the village. And, okay. Um, and then part two of book two? Or part two of book one would be same? About five It'll be longer, because it'll be the majority of my story. Okay, so that's that's where you're... Okay. Because really, this is all just groundwork and character development. This yeah. village. This village does not really have a whole lot of significance to my bigger story. Okay. Okay. 
Um, so I know John wants me to read it, but I don't want to read it till tomorrow. I think I'm going to wait till, till okay. it gets officially posted. Um, on that note, as well, we've been uh, I've been hard at work, so we have a new website up. So anybody who wants to go visit our website, it's called Quixotic Duck Show. Um, this should have been part of the house cleaning, but you can actually read all of John's work right there. So it will get that's posted. That's that's where everything gets posted at. So, um, so that is officially where you can read this Quixotic Dot Show. Um, so that would be prologue chapter one, uh, and then like I said, well, the Patreon links and all that stuff up there too. Um, but that could be the official place where you actually go to listen to the show without any issues now, um, because you can actually link right to Spotify. Apple Podcasts, and then Buzzsprout, uh, which I don't know if that's really like a... But it's technically where we host the podcast at, so um, that's where you can get everything. Um, all right, so yeah. Sunday, November 28th, Chapter 1. Chapter 1. All right. That means then Sunday, December 4th, Chapter 2. I have all this week off, so we... Probably do that. There you go. All right. So if I post this tomorrow, that means, folks, expect chapter two on the following Sunday. Yeah. All right. We'll see. <clears throat> that also means you can pay us. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so John and I have this uh, uh, weird talk about trying to trade crypto to do this. I don't know. What? Um, we talked about it? Or just, just make money off of this and then use, you know. We, we don't want real jobs anymore. Yes, we want you guys to pay us to, to, to do nothing, really, when it comes down to, do, to it. Don't, don't phrase it that way. I mean... People do podcasts all the time. Podcasts <laughs> are hard work. And so is writing a book. How are podcasts hard? This is really the easiest damn thing that I do. You don't think Joe Rogan works hard? No, I don't think he works you hard. Think Adam now, hard? now, Joe Rogan, to be to be honest, though, Joe Rogan spends four hours yeah. in one podcast. Yeah. Um, we don't. No, we we could if we just like had some banter back and forth, and we've done that like some long banter. We, we need guests. You get bored and you start looking at your phone. We and need then to you drag. Like start talking about how tired you are. I'm two hours ahead. I'm two hours ahead of you normally. Normally, yeah. you were sleeping we on the like, couch before this. I was. I got like three hours of sleep left. <laughs> we need to like drag homeless people off the street and just interview them. I would rather not drag a homeless person into my house if that's all right. <laughs> Can we figure if, something else out? What if out? he's tied up? Can we figure something else out? Well, who are we going to interview? I don't know. Like, you have all these Twitter friends, I guess, right? No, I'm not anymore. anymore. You got suspended. Yeah, right? I got suspended. <laughs> I'm not on Twitter anymore. I'm trying John, to decide if I want to try a new one. But John gets too political and says... I don't think says, that is political. Says shit. <laughs> and he offends people. Like I said, I don't think I offended anyone. I think that was just zapped by the algorithm. You, think, you really think so? Oh, it was like, that immediate. was not an it algorithm. It was pretty much immediate. That is not an algorithm zap. That is somebody got oh, offended yeah. and, and basically turned you in. No, I, that was an algorithm right there. It was almost, how many times does it, was it almost take, immediate. though? How, much, how many times does it take before Twitter's like, all right, One strike. Really? Mm-hmm. One strike? There are, there are like lesser offenses because I've been like briefly suspended before. I've been putting time out for a week. So, okay, timeout for a week makes sense, but it, I feel like the stuff that you've told me you've gotten in timeout for 
was way less, was like way worse than this. You you literally called Stephen King retarded and you got suspended. You're like, they, they, yep. And done. Gone. 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 You, you, all you did is called him retarded. Retarded. Can't and say retarded on Twitter anymore. There's a lot of things you can't say on Twitter. But I'm just surprised, <laughs> I'm just surprised by that. Like, the things you've told me, you've gotten suspended for, and I'm like, you called Stephen King retarded, and you got, like, you got kicked off of Twitter. They were yeah. like, no more. <coughs> I don't know, that's and just it, beyond it me. even it's said, just... like, basically, I couldn't use the same email. If I tried a new profile at the same email, they would just automatically shut it down. Okay. So, there's nothing stopping you from going with a new email. You just, basically, that's You'd have to rebuild your followers and your and, yeah. and start following the same, which is a lot of work and stuff. Sure, but you know what? I've been on there for so long and had wasn't growing followers. People are on there like six months blew by me in followers. So maybe there's just something if I started over, it'd be different. But I think though, what I think is different, like, is but you, it's, you, you're not to. also offering anything to besides do I some, want to? Yeah, like I, I, you know my stance on this. You know where I come from on this. Uh, I feel like you are. What you're putting in your life you're and what you're what you're putting out there in the world the only could be vastly different than than anything. The only response I can think of is just like when I see something like what Stephen King posted, I just picture the Beetlejuice meme of it's showtime. Why can't we... <laughs> what he posted? You could have literally just left it. Why are you even looking at Stephen King's feed? You I know that I nothing he posts you're it. going to agree with. I don't look at his feed. I see it when somebody else brings it up. Oh. Okay. Again, you know that nothing that he posts you're going to agree with. So you see it and you're like, I have to comment on it? Like, what goes through your mind? I'm wondering. Like, what is it that goes through your mind that makes Well, in that instance, this guy's a retard. <laughs> but, like, why did you have to... Why couldn't you just say it? Why, did, why couldn't you just say it in your mind and be like, what is Stephen it? King's a retard. Why did you feel that what you had to share that with the world? Why does anybody on Twitter... Both That's my problem with Twitter, right there. Like, it gives a voice for people who don't really need a voice. Like, nobody needs to know that you think Stephen King's... You could have just texted me and been like, Stephen King's a retard. Steve. And I'd be like, guess what? Steve the tyrant. He wants to decide who can and cannot speak. I do? Yeah. Or Stephen King? You. Why? You're like, people don't need a voice. I don't think that, like, people need a Twitter. Honestly, like, this world does not need a Twitter. It's one of the worst things that's, that's ever happened to this world. Sure. Oh, will you agree? All right, that's that's what we're gonna go with. That's sure. Really, all you yes. said was sure, and then that was like, <laughs> sure is not the same as yes. There was like calm. There was just sure. It's not. The and same. then there was no retort back. So you agree? That's all that there was to it. Just silence. Twitter is a dumpster fire. Okay, fine. You agree? It can be a fun dumpster fire, though. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand. In my mind, like, what you put out in the world is what you receive, right? And so... I never put out you, any specific you, you could use Twitter. You could use Twitter for dad jokes and put out humor in this world. Right? Put out good vibes and humor. And instead what you put out is Stephen King's a retard. I never put out any suspensions. I never reported a tweet. I didn't even block people. Yeah, well, no matter that's, what, that's the other thing. It's just people people refusing to listen to. Everything. I'm looking at my phone now. Yeah, I know. 
<laughs> so, anyways, so John's suspended from Twitter, so don't expect to ever find John on Twitter. Um, I don't use Twitter, obviously. I find it reprehensible. Um, and if I did use Twitter, honestly, all you would hear from me is dad jokes and other stupid things that don't... I could bring up what you've posted on Twitter. <clears throat> yeah, and then I had a uh, moments of... What am I putting out in this world? What should I be putting out in this world? Just because all you do is put dad jokes on Facebook. Yeah. Again, what am I putting out in this You're world? You're not a dad. I don't have... You don't have to be a dad to tell dad jokes. Yeah, you do. You have to be really? Yeah. Why? Because they're dad jokes. Hey. <laughs> why can't dinosaurs clap their hands? Because they don't have hands? Because they're dead. We could turn this whole podcast into just bad jokes. Nobody would listen. We'd stop German <laughs> listeners. It doesn't matter. They would still listen. Um, they like us, man. That's all I'm going to say. They like us. Uh, all right. So John and I, we'll, we'll get off this topic of Twitter because that obviously is he, just he, not he, going anywhere. He, he loves to badger me about it. <laughs> you wouldn't have gotten suspended if you weren't on it, so... Um, all right. As far as this goes, though, John and I went to go see Ghostbusters Afterlife last night. Uh, very, like, that was a really good flick. You say really good? Yeah. Real good? Maybe not really good? Maybe, like, most of the word really? Okay. Like, uh, I, I liked it. It's cute. It was worth it. Like a watch. It was worth it. was definitely worth a see. Yeah. I, I think they did a very Out of good it, job giving proper care to the source material. Everything that telling they, a new story. They could have. No, it wasn't a new story. Yeah, it was. And this is something you and I had talked about um, beforehand was that it was um, essentially the, 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 what they did with Force Awakens is they just basically retold the same story just with kids. Um, mm-hmm. even down to the same like beats uh, same characters the characters had the same mannerisms the guy who uh, what was his name podcast like mm-hmm. uh, as soon as as soon as like Egon Egon's um, spoiler alert Egon's uh, granddaughter as soon as like Egon's granddaughter like you could just tell that that character was Egon Spangler like, that was just that's, that was the point of that character um, but it was podcasts that really kind of like flipped the switch for me that I was like, oh, they just, each kid's playing their counterpart essentially. Mm-hmm. So they have the token black kid, which is Winston. Um, and then they have podcast, which is all into conspiracy well, theories. What was her name? I, I don't know. Man, I don't even remember her name. That's sad. Yeah. She did. She really was kind of like nothing against the yeah, actress who played her, she but she just well, did like, no, I think about, I don't remember the brother's name either. Finn Wolfhard's character? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I just remember Phoebe in podcast, really. Yeah. But those were technically the two main characters. They really kind of are. Which is kind of interesting when, when you think about it, because... Because those were the two main Ghostbusters? No, was actually, Egon no. It was, uh... I wouldn't even say Egon was one of the main Ghostbusters. It was always, uh, uh Bill Murray and Ray were the two main ones. Bill Murray and Ray. Yeah, which was... Uh, no, sorry, Peter... From, Peter Venkman. Yeah, character, yeah. Like, yeah, Peter Venkman and, and Dan... No, Peter Venkman and, and Ray Stance, yeah. Were the two... Well, uh, the, the technology was all worked by Egon, Egon. and Ray. Yeah, yeah. But you the didn't... actually worked in the lab together. But... Okay, maybe, maybe in the second Ghostbusters, 
you got more Egon and Ray, but the first Ghostbusters was definitely more uh, Peter Venkman and Ray, like, because Peter Venkman was technically the like funny man, the you know that that character. Well, I, that, but I just mean in terms of as a Ghostbuster, I, I don't think they were. He was the man. <clears throat> he was just kind of there. Um, he was the one that kind of cattle prodded him. But the business and the concept, that was all Egon. Like, the whole trap system, that was all Egon. Egon, yeah. The, the proton packs, the traps, the containment unit. Which I swear, once upon a time, I used to know what that was called. But um, I think it's it's called the containment unit. And, uh, so, yeah, they, they were each a counterpart. Phoebe discovering her grandfather was the best part of the movie, to me. Yeah. And, uh... Actually, like I tapped you on the shoulder of that part in the police station just because of how how defensive of her grandfather she got, mm-hmm. and I, it was cute because she was this fish out of water in her family. Yep, she's this really smart girl with a very normal family. She doesn't know why, and so she's discovering this grandfather she never knew about and realizing like this is her connection, like this is this is you know a tie to her actual her family, like a, a, a real kinship with her grandfather, and I, I like that. I like that a lot. One, because it was showing proper respect to the prior characters, especially Egon. Mm-hmm. The whole movie's really kind of a tribute to Harold. Yeah. Williams, really. And two, it was it was touching. It was heartwarming to see that happen. I think, too, they couldn't have used any other... Like, it. it's it's unfortunate that Harold Ramis died. Uh, he's always been one of my favorite, like, actors. Um, you know, him and Bill Murray uh, together have always been just a great team. Stripes was always one of the best, like, one of the best movies, I think. Uh, for those two. Um, but, like, I don't think that there could have been any... Egon, technically, like, that character wouldn't have worked without Egon. Like, that was technically, like, it was a fitting movie around Egon's character with him basically being the Ghostbuster to realize that something else is... that there's a bigger problem. Again, his genius, you know, intellect and all that stuff making him realize that there's more to this than just that and going out there and deciding, fine, if nobody's going to listen to me, I'm going to do this on my own, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to be the one to to make things right. And that just seems fitting to his character to begin with. So again, Jason Reitman really kind of like using that to his advantage and really writing a, a story around that character that actually worked really, like that actually fit his character. It wasn't, it wasn't out of, like nothing about what Egon did on that farm makes me go that's out of that's not ego that, that's not ego like mm-hmm. it it would make sense that people would think that he's a ranting raving lunatic when really he's the voice of reason and yeah. everybody should have listened One thing, to him. and this just occurred to me now I wasn't thinking about it up until now <clears throat> that really kind of showed like he did the right thing but it really kind of showed how why he needed somebody like Ray and even Vankman yeah like they he needed that connection cuz he was just so out there he really couldn't connect with people and that he had somebody like Ray who was not um, like his level of genius but smart enough to get on his wavelength but can also talk to a normal person like like he really know. needed anchors like that in his life yeah so it's kind of sad that he didn't have them at the end of it yeah yeah at the end of it yeah hence why everybody in town thought he was just a kook dirt, yeah. dirt farmer yeah. yeah so and come to find out like I like how they actually set that up so he had wrote, written dirt on the uh on the thing, but they set up the fact that no, he was you like he was literally building this huge trap system 
in the dirt. Like that was the point of like, so they just thought he was doing nothing with the land. He couldn't grow anything and just being a dirt farmer when really what he was trying to do was basically create a giant trap system against. Yeah. yeah so, so I did like that kind of reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, so going to what didn't work with it. Go for it, man. Yeah, well, yeah. So should we just say spoiler? Why not? Yeah, spo- spoiler. I mean, spoilers going forward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, it, I think so any, anything the that we talk about with this is going to be a is what it's about and what the actual plot of the movie is about. Was a nice idea. I, I it worked as an idea. I like the idea because they expanded upon really kind of what one of my favorite parts of the first movie, um, with Evo Shandor's building. Because like, like I said before, my favorite scene in the first movie is when they're in jail. It's kind of a weird scene to have as your favorite scene in a movie, but when they're in jail describing the building and, like, why this building's unique. And it's, like, it's literally, like, designed to be a doorway into Which, the supernatural world and everything a, like that. Again, you know? beat for beat, if we talk about, like, how beat for beat they had the exact same moment in this movie as well, just... They didn't really kind of allude to the fact that all of a sudden all these people are gathering around the table, but that was, I found that really kind of interesting. That they, they, tried to, they did try to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyway, so I did, I, I did like how they expanded on it. The, and uh, Zul, and they didn't name the other one. I found that interesting. You only heard Zul, and you didn't really hear Zul much, but uh, Vince Clortho, I think, was the other one. Was the yeah, yeah. Master. So Zul was the gatekeeper, Vince Clortho, I think, was the key, uh, yeah, yeah. key master. And they didn't name him in the. Just the key master and the gatekeeper, you know. You didn't. You didn't. You only heard Zul once the mother was possessed by Zul. But no, in Dana Barrett was called herself Zul. You know, in the new one, I'm talking about the new one. Oh you yeah, heard, yeah, you yeah, heard yeah, the yeah. name. You Zool. heard the names, but you never heard Vince Clark in this one. Yeah, yeah. Heard it in the first. In That's the, true. In the old one. Okay. Anyway, that worked. Gozer, in my opinion, actually looked worse than the Gozer in the original, which is weird to me. It was, that the was a very suit. like it was 80s yeah, costume, yeah. but. The cheesy 80s costume that looked look like soapy bubbles or whatever didn't look as bad as whatever it is they did in this. Um, the idea of having like Evo Shandor there, like his dead body's there, but he's left himself in a preserved casket so when the event happens, like his soul can retake his body. Yeah. And it's, especially because I like J.K. Simmons a lot, <coughs> that part just irritated me because it was like, why even have him in the movie? Yeah, literally just one second and he's gone. That so that to me was kind of the worst part. the The main plot idea was good, but it just kind of fell flat in execution. Um, the well, I think so. On that point, though, like where where you and I were to, again, we were discussing this all last night. I didn't understand like the point. Of, um, of her to begin with, like she literally the dead rays, she splits Evo Evo Shandor in half, pets one of the dogs on the chin, which is another and, throwback scene. Yeah, yeah, and then she just sits on the throne, like, what the fuck was she doing? <laughs> I'm just gonna sit on my throne and chill out. You think that like she just got raised from the dead? Let's start this, like, world conquest now. That was the point of why she was coming back. And instead she just sits on the throne and she's like, okay, we're cool now. Like, what was the next step? And so that felt kind of, that felt weird. It just felt like she was just like, there was no motivation to the character. 
So why should we be scared of this character coming? Like, she, if she's yeah. just going to sit in the mine for the rest of her life, who cares? Let her sit in the mine for the rest of her life. Well, for the rest of you, whatever. Right? The rest of the eternity. Like, nobody... Like, she's not even going... The first thing I would have assumed that she would have done was, like, start plot... Like, start talking about this. Like, there would have been some discussion about destroying the universe. You know, destroying the world. Goes her to the, the destroyer. Like, at some point, like, this, the big-ass state puff marshmallowman should have been, like, ready to be standing by us. It just felt, again, like... Again, the Ghostbusters show up just as Gozer shows up in the first one. And what happens? Are you a god? Yeah. No. <laughs> right? And so that was the... There was... You felt an immediate, like, there's an urgency to get rid of her. It's not just, like... She's going there and then sitting on the throne. So it, it, that that to me didn't work. Like again, like where was the urgency and what whatever like yeah. yeah. So I get it. It was just kind of a by the numbers thing where they yeah. needed the scene. They needed the scenes done. So it was just that didn't work so much. But it was a good movie. Yeah, got some laughs. Got some heartfelt moments. If, if anybody cared about that movie like I did growing up, yeah, it, it felt good. It's it, it's a good throwback. Yeah, there's there's gonna be. Um, we were talking about the Dana Barrett. So stay for the uh, definitely stay for the uh, the end credits all the way through. Yeah, uh, in the first time I saw the first end credit scene, the mid the mid credit scene, uh, and then the and first then time and then I didn't stay all the way through. So which there is something at the end. The end credit scene is actually pretty long. It's almost like three minutes, four minutes at least. So there, yeah. it's up there. Um. So, but the first, the mid-credit scene literally is just a great, like, let's have fun, uh, Dana Barrett and uh, um, Peter Venkman, yeah. you know, throwback kind of, you know, just fun kinda, for... Kind of seeing Venkman finally get some comeuppance in yeah, this Yeah, world. exactly, exactly. Um, and then you get the, uh, um, at the very end, uh, basically highlights the fact of, they're going to do this again. And from the looks of it, is it's going to be uh, Winston's at least going to be involved some way. So, however, Ernie Hudson's character is going to be involved somehow. But it's it looks like he's going to be like the financier for them going forward. That's, that that's would be what, the, that's yeah. what it's looking like. He's the financier. So the kids kind of take over fully. You think uh, you think Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd will, will at least make cameos? Because I can't I imagine know. a Ghostbusters without them. Like I can't. I, I don't know. Um, they might have done this as, and especially because you know it was like this is a tribute to Harold Ramis and everything like that. But now that it might be just they're done with it at that point. Well, so I don't know if Bill Murray ever had a chance. To because Bill Murray and Harold Ramis had a falling out during Groundhog Day. I don't know if Bill Murray ever had a chance to like make up with Harold Ramis before he died, or I'd, I'd like if, to think so, but who knows? Or if he like had an opportunity to even say like like want to like you know make it up to him, or so, and I shouldn't say make it up to him because I don't know like I don't know the whole story like. Um, I just know Groundhog Day was, like, a bad experience for both of them to work together. Which is kind of sad again, because they both, like, were best friends. But I heard that afterwards they refused to talk to each other. So, so I'd almost kind of wonder, like, what Bill Murray's take on wanting to do something for Harold Ramis would be. Because I've heard he can be an insufferable ass when it comes to this kind of stuff. So, <laughs> you know, if he doesn't want to do something, like, 
he does whatever he's Bill, Murray. he's Bill Murray. He's like, I don't need to do this, you know. Um, hence the whole I'm going to take six six years off of acting and not do anything, and comes back strong with like a movie like The Royal Tenenbaums, and suddenly he's a pop culture icon that everybody wants to you know have around. So I don't know, but these guys are what in their nineties now, eighties. I doubt they're that old. They looked decrepit, like. Dan Aykroyd basically looks like he's a hunchback now. You can look it up here. <clears throat> Bill Murray sounds like he's a, been a smoker for the last 80 years. Ernie Hudson's the only one who looked healthy. And Harold Ramis only looked healthy because they aged his character from the second, first and second movie to make it look like... <laughs> Dan Aykroyd's born... Hey, I share a birthday with Dan Aykroyd. How about that? Nice. Dan Aykroyd was born 1952. So next year he will be turning 70. Okay. So Dan Aykroyd so turns close. 70 next year. Okay. Um, and Bill Murray. Uh, he was born 1950. Twenty first, nineteen fifty. So he is seventy one. Okay. So, so the question is: is Are they too old to? Uh, uh, well, maybe not. But I actually, I don't know if they'll care enough. Ernie Hudson sounds like he's all on board. Oh wow, he's actually the oldest too. He was born in forty five. Oh damn, he's so older he, than my dad. Okay, so he's he's seventy five. Seventy six. December December seventeenth, nineteen forty five. So he's getting ready to turn. 77. Yeah. So there, and he looks the youngest out of all of them. That's really sad. That's like, I'm not like good for Ernie Hudson, but that's just like, you, you look at that. You're like, damn, this guy's like, so anyways, the question then is, is can Jason Reitman start a new movie? Because I don't think this movie could be done without a Reitman at the helm. Honestly, like we, we, that was proven with the 2016 version of the Ghostbusters. At the end of the day, like they just didn't understand well, what think, Ghostbusters. It wasn't just throw four people into a situation and put a proton pack on them and it's, expect funny shit. You know, like there's there is a certain level of of character like that has to go into this. Well, I think hard. somebody who cared about it could have done a good job. They just clearly didn't. You don't you don't think that the person who wrote it cared about the Ghostbusters? No, I think they were collecting a paycheck. Yeah. Okay. Now, granted, I didn't see it, so... Yeah. wasn't going to. I mean, Bill Murray was in it, and I would feel like I if Bill Murray was putting his name on a Ghostbusters movie... Dan Aykroyd was in it, too. What Was he? I thought they all did a cameo in it. Maybe they all did. And yeah. from her, Harold Ramis hadn't passed away yet at that point, too. Yes, he had. In 2016? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harold Ramis was long dead. I don't know about that. Anyway. Yeah, Harold Ramis was long here. I'll tell you when Harold Ramis died. <clears throat> 2014 is when he died. Okay, so he'd been dead for two years at that point. Yeah. So, okay, sorry, not long dead, but dead. So, yeah. um, all right. So, goes let's 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 talk about Ghostbusters 2016 then, because this Why? is. Well, I mean, we don't. It we doesn't don't have exist. To, it does exist. Like it, 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 it's not some freaking like alternate universe, multiverse kind of bullshit. Like at the end of the day, this movie did get made doesn't mean that we have to accept the fact that it was a good movie. It was still a shitty movie. Um, Is there a lighter in here I can use? 
because you want to burn my leg hair? Yeah. Because that's the kind of ass that you are. You. That is the kind. At least tell you stop talking about Ghostbusters 2016. No, Eddie Murphy was, or Bill Murray was the only Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy should be in the Ghostbusters just for the hell of it. Um, yeah, Bill Murray was the only one that was in that one. So, there you go. All right. Uh, never mind. Dan Aykroyd was in it. I, and so was Ernie Hudson. Okay, never mind. I was completely wrong, folks. Was Annie Potts and Sigourney Weaver? Uh, Sigourney Weaver was. I did not see Annie Potts in this at all. Which, good for them, right? That they... Annie Potts. Young Sheldon. So she's been all over Young Sheldon. Uh, which is uh, the Big Bang Theory. I, I know what it is. Yeah. I just don't care. I just find that funny. I, like, I don't know her from anything else. Um, but here she was. Yeah, She was in Designing Women. Surely you know that. No, I don't, actually. Ghostbusters is really that that I would know her from. Oh, brief confession. I thought she was hot in Ghostbusters, too. Yes. I I will give you that. Yes. I I thought she was hot back in the day. Yeah. Well, like I said, she, I didn't think so in Ghostbusters 1, but in Ghostbusters 2, she kind of did it for me. See, I, like, I liked her in Ghostbusters 1 because she had that nerdy kind of like school marm look to her that was kind of, you know, it was kind of sexy. Mm-hmm. You're thinking of Ghostbusters 2. I'm thinking of Ghostbusters one too. The part where the part where Egan Egon climbs out of her desk in the first movie yeah. is just yeah. Um, but yeah, she was in she was in Ghostbusters as well as the desk clerk. the The one person that I'm really sad was that was not part of Ghostbusters. This this was Rick Moranis, and I get it like that he's done with acting. He's retired. He's acting now. He's done stuff. Has he? Yeah. Goldbergs. He played Dark Helmet on the Goldbergs. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's a TV show where they remake. Like, they're, they're basically making fun of the 80s. So, okay. Um, yeah, so. Um, Bub and Doug. Bu- Bob and Doug McKenzie. Okay, so he's done a Bob few things. Dog. He isn't. That's the that's the newest thing. that He did that in 2018. That's the newest thing that he's done. Yeah. So, I wouldn't say he's acting. He's played him. Played... A character, that he I'm, but I'm just saying it's not like he's completely done. No, okay. So, either way, though, not to have Rick Moranis as part of he could have done this. a quick he could have done a quick cameo. I'm exactly, like Lewis Lewis Tully could have easily shown up and given us the best. Like mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a lawyer, you know, or account tax accountant kind of thing. Um, that that would have been the perfect uh, whatever. How do you think of what do you think of Paul Rudd basically being that character? Um, Paul Rudd played every single character that Paul Rudd has ever played. <laughs> I like Paul Rudd. Uh, I think him as as Ant Man uh, has been fun. Uh, so I think he was cast well as that. But just to just to see him as that character, like I didn't see anything different. Um, I think Rick Moranis. What I liked about Paul Rudd, at least, being that version of the character is it wasn't as... Did you like when he threw the ice cream? Yeah. <laughs> Just at the dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess, though, like, Paul Rudd brings a different, like, approach to any character, right? Any Anytime that he's got a... Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. Like, Rick Moranis was more of, like, 
naive, unknowing, right? Completely just lost. Where Paul Rudd at least was with it, understood kind of what was happening. Uh, he's not like he could talk to women, you know that kind of thing. Uh, vastly different than, than the. My, my arms hurt from galloping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, yeah, the scene in the in the Walmart was was probably the best scene. He's, just, he's watching the the little state puff marshmallow. I did not care for them. The little ones? Nah. I Why not? Do you think that they were just trying to get them in just for the hell of it? Is, is that? Yeah. That was that was pure gimmick. Because it didn't and it didn't really make sense contextually. Like, were they ghosts? Like. Wait, yeah, that's that's true. Because the point of the state puff marshmallow men were always that it was Gozer the destroyer. That, that was the form that Gozer had taken as the destroyer. Yeah. Uh, because, so to bring them back is just these weird things. Because of Ray. Yeah. I couldn't help it. It just popped in there. Yeah. I I can kind of get that. That's I I do the gimmick of it though was funny. I like to see these like guys roasting themselves over an open flame. You know. Or the, the one that literally falls in between the s'mores to get like, you know, the cracker put on top or the the chocolate. But gimmick is the right word. Yeah, gimmick. I'll go with gimmick. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Alrighty then. But Ghostbusters gets a recommend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For anybody, anybody who who ever watched those movies should see this movie. Mm-hmm. Um. And let, let's be honest, you and I talked about this too. Like, you only need to see the first Ghostbusters. Yeah, you don't need to there see are the absolutely one. no callbacks to the second one. Which <clears throat> I kind of sad because the second one, in my opinion, gets a bad rap. I like the second one. I think it gets a bad rap for a reason. I mean, River of Slime being... River of Slime was creepy. River of Slime is a gimmick. It's a horrible... Like, they could have done anything else... But they used a river of slime as a gimmick. Like, that just seems really anyway. stupid and silly. Alright. So, shall we continue on now with Dude. what has been the cornerstone of this podcast, I think, since the beginning? Since the beginning, yeah. We've talked about Dune. This is the forever, first episode yeah. ever we talked about Dune. Yeah. Um, it was the whole anticipating of that movie coming out that started this podcast, and now it's out, and we haven't discussed it. It, was that really the anticipation? I believe so. I mean, the it first was like, the first was one was... I, I agree that the first episode was all about Dune, Dune. coming out. Yeah, yeah. But I think it had to do with the fact that, you know, we knew this movie was coming. And so we wanted to talk about it before the movie came. And now the movie's here. Does this end our podcast? Is this book end our podcast? Mm, no, I don't know. I hope that's not the case. That would suck. All right. Well, well, there's a second Dune movie coming out. That's true. Well, they got. They have to. Fit. They have to do book two. So that's 2023. So well, we, have, we have two, two years. It's not book two. Part it's two. part two of book one. Yeah. So, yeah. so okay, we've got two years. All right, John. What worked for you for the Dune movie? The feel, the characters, what, the visuals. You, okay, slow down for a minute, because because you're just giving us a list of items. You asked what worked. <laughs> Why? Why did the feel? What was it? The what was the feel that that worked for? Like what was it? Definitely captured that Dune feel. Like okay. there's just Dune's different. Dune's not like any other sci-fi. Yeah. Like like we've t- talked about, Dune is essentially like a regular story. It could be Pride and Prejudice of like fucking space. It's not sci-fi mm-hmm. when it comes down to it. Like it's it's the only thing that makes it sci-fi is the fact that it takes place on a different planet. Mm-hmm. So. 
Um, okay. So you think that it captured that? It definitely felt different. Okay. It felt odd. Even though there's spaceships and mm-hmm. the guild that controls. I love the, the spaceships were cool. Like the big, like the, some people, you know, talked about like the padding of the runtime, but the big, slow, pondering, booming, loud spaceships, it worked. It was yeah. definitely cool. Okay. See, I didn't think that they that they padded the runtime. I felt like they they rushed it. Like they had well, so was, much. St- if you think about how much story they got through in one for, movie, for like as long as that movie was, there were some crucial details missing. In yes. my opinion, and so there's he could have cut a lot out and added things that needed to be in there. And so I don't you, know if that would have been. I thought we were still much. Talk, I thought we were. Still, yeah, yeah, we're still talking we're still about what did work. What did work? So by and large, we'll, it definitely hit all the right notes. Okay. Uh, so you said characters though. So, t- so talk about characters. I, pretty like much, I'm not. I can't think of anyone that was miscast. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we talk about who wasn't cast, who didn't even show up in the fucking movie. But does that really matter at this point? Well, we can we can get to that when we talk about what was <clears throat> well the flaws in this movie, if we will, or at least yeah, our yeah. criticisms. Okay. Of what it. was your third? What was your third? Oh, the, the scenery, like they did, like big sweeping vistas of desert. And, even like they did a lot of justice to Caladan too. Yeah, and even though the, little, even in the book, there's not much time spent yeah. on there. Yeah, and what little that you did show of it, they did a good job with Giddy Prime. Mm. I think um, they didn't really show it though. Like you just kind of just saw the you saw like chambers. The temple, yeah. yeah. Well, you saw like the temple, like or whatever he lived, the palace he lived in, yeah. in the opening shot of Giddy Prime. Uh, So and yeah, they hit all the right notes. They hit the story right. Um, uh, Paul's transport because I always liked how fast Paul grew up. Like once everything went down and Paul was now the leader of House of Trades, he could no he longer really, be a kid. Yeah. He he could not be naive anymore. And he always he just took he hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. And that's in the book. That's in the other iterations of this. And so they did a good job with that. Like. Paul had to grow up instantly, and he did so. Um. I do. Uh, it's it's interesting how like the the their main point in well, it doesn't really matter. Um, okay, characters for me. I only had one problem with the characters: Gurney Halleck. When it came down to it, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin, excellent Gurney Halleck. Don't get me wrong, but you took away his. Like, by not giving him the Balisette, you kind of took away the fun-loving side of Gurney Halleck, right? Mm-hmm. And you saw a bit of it when he was joking around with um, Paul. Like, oh, you're the, the man who took down the uh, the hunter-seeker in one, one shot, you know? Mm-hmm. There was that little kind of banter back and forth. But you really, like, you, you only saw that in once. The book, though, even though he had this hatred for Harkonnens, and even though you could tell he was battle-hardened... He still had a very soft side to him, and that was missing. Um, and it's unfortunate because that soft side does come out. Is that soft side actually helps soften Paul during some of the more brutal times in the mm-hmm. book? Um, you What's know, his name? Was that Ian McNeese in the miniseries? Actually, I think did a better Gurney Halleck, if you yeah. will. Now that was, I mean, James was Patrick little... was a great Gurney Halleck. Don't, don't or uh, James Stewart was a what? ah Patrick Stewart. 
I can't hear dude. John Luke Picard. This is for just to say, oh, John Luke Picard. Ian McNeese was Baron Harkonnen. <clears throat> the guy in the miniseries who played him was the same guy who played uh, Hatchet Harry in Lockstock Two Smoking Barrels. Um, who? You've seen Lockstock Two Smoking Barrels, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Patrick Stewart. Ha- Hatchet Harry. That guy? Yeah, that was who played Gurney Halleck in the miniseries. No way. And he did a good job with it. And he had the Balisette and everything like that. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I didn't even think about the Balisette. And I think, you know, you're, you kind of, you do have a point. P.H. Moriarty. I'm sorry. So, yeah. So, this was, P.H. Moriarty was Gary, Gurney Halleck in the miniseries. And he had the Balisette. And he did, he did a good job of being that, like, Good, brutal bastard, but he had that softer side. Yeah. Um, Dr. Yui, if, again, if we were talking about characterizations, again, not miscast. That was actually a really good choice for, for Dr. Yui. But the problem is, is like, again, in the book, there's so much detail around a Sook doctor and their training, and they can't be... Um, the the reason why he is he's uh, trusted so much inside the family, it's, it's so much so that... It's not even like how how could he be the betrayer? There was no way that he could be the betrayer, because Sook doctors go through training that don't allow them to like be like that, that yeah. allow them to be beyond that. And so they they totally skimmed over that. So I, I feel like that that essentially too like really like opens you up to in other times you'd know there is a traitor. Yes, you don't know who it is until the reveal. So that that came out of nowhere in the in the movie. Then, also, then all of a sudden it was Yui, yeah, yeah, and that's fine. Again, though, you're missing you're missing the idea that that him and his like his training doesn't allow for this, mm-hmm. and he the only reason why they were able to do it with him is because of his wife, right? And so they they told I think they missed a, missed an opportunity to kind of like shift uh, shift that a little bit, more, yeah. right? So so I think. So the, the the issues with the movie is again for as long as it was, there were some things that really needed to be there that were not. And I think you could cut out some things. One, you heard the word space and guild. You don't know why they're important. <clears throat> yeah, you really you don't didn't see, see a navigator. You do actually when the huge like group of people come to sign the the paperwork. I talk about those like people with the helmets. Like those the are navigators. They didn't really. Express it, but you had to do some digging. Those were those were navigators. Navigators. Well, they made a point of showing, especially because navigators look freakish. Yeah, yeah. And that's just kind of one of the other aspects of the Dune lore. They, they, why didn't you see one? Um, and you don't really know what the Bene Gesserit are. You know yeah. they exist. You don't really know what they're. You, you hear the term Quizat Tatarak. That's kind of important. You don't really know. If you didn't know nothing about Dune going in, you'd be like, you would miss it. You wouldn't even know what they're talking about. You did not get the significance of the Kwisatz Haderach in this. And then I still think the biggest biggest thing missing was this needed Emperor Shaddam and Uralon, Princess Uralon. You needed to see them. I can understand them coming in in the second story, but I, you really needed to see them already at this point. And then the only, the really other major problem is you didn't get enough of the Harkonnens. And Fade Rauth was missing. 
Yes. I am almost worried. This is one of my concerns going forward. <coughs> that they're going to just try to combine Fade and Raban into just Raban's character. And just have Batista. I am worried they're not going to bring in Fade at all. Um, that would suck. Um, nothing against Batista. Like, no. good, but, but Raban but and Fade Raban, are two yeah, different, different characters. characters. Uh, on Very purpose. Different yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, there's a reason for Raban. Like, Raban is, is being groomed. Like, Raban is not... He's the blonde. He is not... Yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, Raban is not a Harkonnen. Um, and to to leave Fade out of the the movie would, would do a huge injustice to the book. And, and the purpose of, of what, like, the Harkonnens are, are essentially trying to do. Um, and, like, you could... You could understand that there's almost a I'd almost guess that it's hinted that there's a sexual relationship between Fayed and uh, and uh, the Baron it's not well, it's, really seen it's not and I don't think I think other than just the fact that the Baron's a pervert who likes young men yeah I think that's the extent of it but he won't go there and yeah he he realized Raban's too dumb to be a leader so yeah. he takes Fayed Fayed however you pronounce it and he grooms him to be the actual replacement. Again, though, um, you you mentioned the one thing that you felt was missing, and we, uh, was the uh, the hunter seeker. The whole idea of the hunter seeker was the fact that Raban jumped the gun. Yeah, uh, because he didn't trust the Harkonnen. Uh, he the was Barons. impatient. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and the miniseries, you got scenes with the three of them plotting. You knew there was a traitor. Yeah, and. That scene's interesting in the miniseries because after he chastised R- R- um, Raban and his because because in that and now I can't remember what the book was because in this it was basically like there was almost the excuse to wipe out the Atreides because they did not get production back up to the speed and they were intentionally sabotaged. Yeah. In the miniseries, they were back up and running. Everything was smooth and the Atreides were gaining in popularity. Yeah. And that was the whole... The, but again, there um, was more time between... And, like, in the miniseries, there was more time between... There was. That. And Raban, that was one of the reasons why Raban jumped the gun yeah. and tried to use the Hunter Seeker to kill Paul or anybody. And when Raban Harkin in his lecture was like, you you need to understand, I want him popular. Like, you know, he's, yeah. he's setting him up for failure. Um, but the or book... For, not for failure, but for his fall. This um, followed the book... More deeply, See, I, where they that, didn't have that enough, time. It's been long enough that I have read the book that I do not remember. It literally it was, was with them. They landed. They started having issues, and then the Harkonnens attacked. Attacked. So, so this now the attack still happened sooner than I thought it was going to. Uh, but like when you start looking at the running time of the movie, you're like, well, it's gonna it's gonna happen at some point soon. Um, but honestly, like that. Everything that that happened uh, is is pretty much to the book, like how that attack kind of, like how quickly it happened. It wasn't something that was like months go by and they get to get production up. Like, mm-hmm. No, it's pretty much after the Atreides make the, you know, um, make the change. The bullfighting thing was kind of not I, really I like, alluded to. I like that that they added that Easter egg. Um, that yeah, they the, added the bull, the the, but they didn't really like. Give you, you knew context, yeah. knew his but that wasn't really necessarily in the book too. I mean, the understanding that his grandfather was a bullfighter and that died in the ring. But uh. <clears throat> well, so there was always a picture, right, of the grandfather hanging over that Jessica hated. Mm-hmm. So there was a whole, a whole like, I don't know, almost a whole chapter devoted to dinner time on, 
on Arrakis, their first dinner together, and this picture of the grandfather hanging over the table and how it upset Jessica so much because she felt like he was such a vile man. Um, and uh, that, unfortunately, was kind of missing. So I would have hoped for some of that kind of like... You know, again, like Jessica wasn't really... like She was fond of Duke Leto, but mm-hmm. she really wasn't fond of like the original Duke. You know, that kind of thing. Paul, so. Paul Sr. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because the Atreides named their son's Paul... And then their son Paul named their sons Leto, Leto. and Leto names yeah, their sons Paul. Exactly. But uh, there was, a, and now I could, and it was in the miniseries, the sci-fi miniseries, and I could have sworn it is in the book where there's like a dinner party on Arrakis, and Irulan and Paul actually meet. Uh, I don't remember. I want to say it was in the book, but it because she's kind of important because she's figuring out her dad, what her dad did. Not that doesn't happen till Dune Messiah. No, like Dune Messiah, she's got she's got an assassination plot of her own going. Yeah, yeah, but but she that's through like she is not aware of all of the machinations uh, in the original Dune book. Like she's she's literally just used as a pawn in the end uh, because she's originally going to be married. So the Bene Gesserit are using our. She's going to be the next, like, one of the next Bene Gesserit. So she's going through all the training, but she's not really all that great at it to begin mm-hmm. with. Um, she was going to be used <clears throat> because Jessica basically fucked everything up with the, with the uh, uh, love uh, story between her and, and Duke. Um, she's being used and groomed to be the next Harkonnen uh, wife exactly so well, she, so she would be yeah so she would be married to Fayad right fit. so so that was that was where she was going to be used at um, however now because obviously the way the book ends like mm-hmm. Paul puts a quick into that and was <laughs> like no like we're going to I'll be emperor of the world now of the universe now you know so yeah. um Shadam had it coming yeah um so it ends. Okay, well, what, areas where I thought it worked. Again, I'll agree with you. The uh, the visuals in this movie, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like the way that just the the way that they made you feel. Like everything was very expansive. Um, the the use Stilgar. I think, uh, uh, and I can never remember his name, but the guy who played in James Bond, uh, uh, Javier uh, Bardem. Yeah, yeah, Javier Bardem. Uh, brilliant actor. I think everything everything I've ever seen him in, he's been brilliant in since No Country for Old Men. Like he's just he's just such a brilliant actor. Um, but he was a lot of fun in this as Stilgar. Um, probably a better Stilgar than the Lynch version of Stilgar, which I thought was actually a pretty good. Like the guy who played him. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so I I like I like that. Um, I think everybody was worried about Zendaya becoming this, like, oh, Zendaya is going to take over the story. I, I still have yet to say that that's going to happen, but we'll we'll see because Chani's Chani's not really a character in the first part, so no. you only just got introduced to her. Um, but everybody's worried that she's going to be the main. She's going to be in trouble. So that's kind of one of my concerns. So my concerns with the part two, and I was trying to see who the cast was for part two. 
Uh-huh. But they only have like the big ones in there. They yeah, have, uh, Timothy, uh, uh, Timothy Chalamet. Because part of me was wondering if they were gonna, if I was gonna see casting for fame. Well, so you won't see Jason Momoa come back. And I thought Duncan, Duncan Idaho, they expanded. They they actually yeah gave some grab. Duncan Idaho is a very minor character in, in the first book. In the first book, yeah. yeah. Um, you almost wonder, like, why he's so well known if the first book's the only one you read because he, if you blink, you can almost miss him. Yeah. Um. But they expanded it him. So, concerns going forward. I'm worried that there's gonna not going to be a fade and they're going to try to combine Raban into the character, both characters. Um, one thing for all people know about Dune and talk about Dune, one thing I think they forget is Paul and Chani's probably one of the best love stories in fiction. Mm-hmm. That is a that is a hardcore love story. I'm worried they're not going to do that, good, do justice to that. I think they'll have it still, but I'm, I'm a little worried about it. Uh, my favorite scene in the, this one was his vision in the still tent, because that wasn't just the rest of this movie. That was or this story that was going beyond. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the whole jihad essentially. So, yeah. and, and that was Caladan. It was showing. Yeah, like, it was showing Fremen on Caladan cheering him, and it's him and Chani standing there mm-hmm. as you know rulers. That's cool, <laughs> and I, that was my favorite part of the, the book. Um, so, or, that was my favorite part of this movie. So uh, th- those are my big ones. I'm worried they're going to do that with. They're going to leave out Fade. They're going to rush Irulan and okay. Shaddam, and they're not going to do Paul and Chani justice. So wh- when you say rush that, what do you mean? Because in my opinion, Shaddam and Irulan, you should already have seen them. They should already be characters in the story. I so you can you can get a sense of Shaddam though through no just people who aren't aren't there. familiar with Dune Shaddam is the emperor. Yeah. You know he's there and you and you know that he's there because his he's sending his co now again the change from the story from the book to this is is vastly different because he's just using the reverend mother uh, of the Bene Gesserit um as his lackey so to speak where in the actual book he has somebody who is a lackey for him um who's basically taking care of every, all of this already mm-hmm. like shaddam really doesn't even come into the book if i remember right until like almost the end like you don't really meet him until the end of the book that just occurred to me something else that i was missing from this book or from this movie you didn't they didn't really discuss mentats which is really That's, weird. Yes, because that is so you, important. You saw two for Hawat work, yeah, yeah. and you're they don't explain what he's doing. Like, yeah, oh, he's he's, he's literally he, yeah, he's a human computer. You see him do his thing. Who's so training they, Paul to be a mentat at the same time? So Paul is being trained in this, but they're not addressed. You don't know what he is, or what he's doing. And the Harkonnens mentat, um, Peter Devries. Yeah, yeah. He's he's in it, but you you never addressed, you never see what he is or what he does. No, you just he kind of think of you just think of him as a lackey. Yeah. Again, you, he's 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 kind of that guy that just kind of shows up and gives the Harkonnen information and then goes about his business. I remember there actually was such a thing as like dark mentats or something like that, which is what like ones that could be used for evil or something like that. And that I don't know, but but the the uh, the Atreides mentat of uh, two for Hawat two for Hawat. He, like, don't forget, like, he's basically rescued from the Harkonnens. So in the story, in the book, he's rescued by the Harkonnens. Basically everybody in and they, the Atreides circle was. Yeah, yeah. And they, Halleck was, Duncan Idaho was. was. So, so the Harkonnens take him as a prisoner, 
and use him as their new Mentat since his other since his other Mentat died in the poison attack. So, um, so that and they even they even basically convince him that it was Jessica who led the attack on who who betrayed him. Uh, so that's, that's again that's interesting that that uh, that that's going to be. Uh, that they haven't even addressed. Yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about that, but they didn't really even, didn't even mention Mentat. Yeah, so. You just kind of like just saw him do his thing, and yeah, all people who were familiar with the story probably understood what was happening, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, really, when that comes down to it, it was such a minor character in this one, too. Yeah, and it two for a was never a major character, but I think in the end, one of the could say major mistakes. Which doesn't bother me, but it's just kind of around from the outside. This is definitely a movie for already existing Doom fans. I don't know how good of a job it did introducing people who had no idea about Doom. Honestly, though, like if you don't know Dune, I don't even think you're interested in Dune, like in watching the movie. Well, the book is 50 years old now. The movies were in the 80s. The miniseries is 20 years old now, too, so... It's been out of the zeitgeist for a while, so yeah. bringing it back up is all well and good. It's just, did this do a good job of really explaining, like, would somebody who does not know Dune at all be lost watching this? And I so, think they would. We, we've talked, we, we've said that this is the uh, Lord of the Rings of sci-fi. of sci-fi. Do you think that Lord of the Rings had a bigger following than Dune? And if it did, Lord do you think... Definitely. Okay, so then, do you think that the movies did a good job of explaining the story of Lord of the Rings to people who would have been brand new to Lord of the Rings? They absolutely did, and actually, they kind of cheated, because they basically just had that first opening minute or two narrated to them at the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring. Um, was it, wasn't that part, that was part of the um, original book, though. If it like, was, I don't remember it. Um, yeah, yeah, it was part of the original book. Like he sets this, he sets the stage in the book. Yeah. So, and Lord of the Rings absolutely had a bigger following because Lord of the Rings, to my understanding, is still the best-selling fiction of all time. Um, Next to the Bible. Well, wow, okay, Bible is not fiction. Like, I'm sorry, because yeah. like, the Bible is still the best-selling book, book of, all of all time. time period. Yeah. And second, distant second, but second, if I'm not mistaken, is the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, I hope not, but Harry Potter might have surpassed it. But I don't. I mean, and again, like it's um, it's with Harry Potter, you can't like. I it's 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 safe to say that when the first Harry Potter movie came out, that there were probably people who hadn't read the book mm-hmm. uh, who went into the movies cold, right? But that story is set up in such a way that you can understand what's happening without being slapped in the face. It's not overly complicated. Yeah, yeah. Dune Dune was complicated. Like, you really need a basic understanding at some level. It's not something that you can just go in cold. You are right about that. I I do think it did a good enough job, though, that if people were like, oh, maybe this movie did interest them and they've never seen anything else, then it might be like, you know what, maybe we should check this out. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we should read the book or something. Um, I, but I can't, I, I, you're right. Like, I can't, I can't. I just, I think people, in my dad, who's a very intelligent person, he was kind of lost. Was he? Yeah. And it was, he 
he'd never read the books or anything like that. And what what lost him about it? What was what was it that? It's just very esoteric. It's, did it? But did he like? What was he asking questions about? Like what what were the things that he, he was? He didn't trying? ask questions. He was. He just couldn't. There were things that he couldn't figure out. Like, I don't fully get. It. I mean, I, he he like understood like spice and stuff like that, but okay. He understood what was at stake, but there was because there was just things there was just things missing, but. You don't know what Benny Gizzard are. You don't know what Quizzes had right. uh, oh, oh, another thing. Uh, well, they don't even really explain little, the Benny Gesserit in the book. You really, it's it's through know. reading it that you start to kind of that you start to kind of understand it. No, other thing. HBO is coming out with a TV show have, on Benny Gesserit. They didn't have Paul saying the litany against fear. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fear is the mind killer. Like that seems like kind of, that seems been in every. Yeah. Iteration of it when his hands in the box, he's the one saying it. Yeah. Not her. Well, that's true. Um. So I, I do think HBO might be banking on helping to build the world through the TV series on the Benny Gesserit. However, that being said, that that TV series probably should have come out beforehand, <laughs> before this. And I don't know where the, that's all going to be built from scratch, not of Frank Herbert. So I don't know what they're going to do with that. You know. Well, that's, but it's based in the world. That's holding on to the canon. Yeah. So hopefully one of the Herberts is involved in it. But I think you can go through and read. You can have enough understanding of the books. Like if you, if they, if all the writers in the room have all have read every single Dune book that exists today, because there's more than just the what seven or eight, say eight. There's eight eight main books. Yeah, and yeah, and the, six prequels that I know about. But then there's. The Butler and Butler. That's three of the six that I'm okay. talking about. And then there's the House books. I call I call them the House trilogy. I don't know what they're called, but so they're a direct prequel. They're laying the groundwork into the first Dune movie. Like I feel like there's enough, um, probably enough like, shit out there that let, like really kind of expresses. And who knows what they're going to do with that? At any rate, I think we've covered our topics tonight. Have you really? Like you're just giving up on this. Giving up uh, on us. Yeah, it's like, an hour and eighteen minutes. Dude, we've we said a double episode could go on. Well I'm saying we discussed my book, we discussed Ghostbusters, we discussed Dune. Heroes oh dude, there's way there's the Heroes of Dune series, Paul of Dune, the Winds of Dune, there's the Great Schools of Dune, which is then the Sisterhood of Dune, which is the Bene Gesserit. Right. Uh of Dune, Navigators of Dune, and then there's the Cal- Caliban trilogy, which is then this the Duke uh, okay. The lady in the air. So there you go. All right. So there's a lot of books out there. All right. Well, then John wants to end it because John needs to like go to sleep, I guess, or get his. I guess I don't know. I just we've discussed it all. John is done. I guess. So I, I guess I don't want to bore the Germans. Our 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 first in person podcast, and John wants to cut it off before it's even started. Where are we going with from here? You tell me what you wanted to discuss next. I'm just giving her a time at this I point. I know. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. John's just pissed that, your bluff. John's pissed that he got got kicked off of Twitter. So, all right, guys. Well, this has been fun. <laughs> You're just pissed. I'm going to give you a mushroom <laughs> when you sleep tonight. I'm locking my door. <laughs> this is what I got my dog for. Um, He's going to help me. All right, folks. We're we're shutting this down now. All right. This has been Steve. And John. And this has been Quixotic. Thank you, guys.